thank you for joining us for episode 28 of Head Start. This is a weekly podcast to help Liberty's adult and student ministry life group leaders and, well, anyone else who wants to listen uh, to prepare for the upcoming lesson. So as we get ready to have our conversation, uh, let's first uh, wrestle with this thought, this question. Fellas, uh, what skill or hobby that you do not currently possess would you like to pursue in the future? I'll start. Uh, I am not what you would refer to as a handyman uh, as far as um, being able to build things and things of that nature. Mm. One of the things, now I've built a few things. I've built some bookshelves. I've built a a workbench that's in the basement. Uh, So I've I've done a lot of, uh, a few things like that. But that's something I'd like to grow in. I, I have minor skills uh, and I'd like to I'd like to really learn how to do some of those things a little better and be a little more and not have to spend so many hours watching YouTube videos in order to do it. So <laughs> so for me, that's uh, something I would, uh, that, that I don't currently possess that I'd like to possess in the future. I feel like already we've kind of hit a technicality in the question here because uh, okay. you do sort of currently possess well. it. And- Whatever. Anyway, I guess sort of yes, but not to the degree I just, that I'd like to. You know, uh, yes. yeah, I, that's I'm fair. Lost and confused as to how to answer <laughs> this question now. No, I, I mine would actually be uh, exactly the same. So okay. I'm happy to jump in right after you. Yeah, yes. my dad uh, loved to do woodwork and build things with. Uh, with yes. Wood. So I've kind of been in the same boat. Would love to learn how to do that uh, and, uh, and and get better in that way. I built one bookshelf, mm-hmm. and the first one, I've built two. The first one, you could go like this, like, in it, yeah, and yeah. it sort of ricks and, uh-huh. and He's goes, moving his hand back and forth. It, yes, I am. Yeah, if yeah. you can't see that on the yeah. podcast, I don't know why you can't. Uh, but the second one, I learned, and it is much more sturdy. There you go. And uh, yeah. a lot more, as I like to refer to it, as gooder. Yep, that's right. <laughs> Um, I would I would agree with that. I think that would be a great one. I think working on cars, uh, yes. I'd, I'd like to be more proficient in uh-huh. that for sure. Um, but I think if I had to choose something, I would probably say play the guitar. Uh, oh, wow. I, I have a guitar, and I've tried on multiple occasions to begin taking. I've done some online lessons and have enjoyed but then life gets in the way and yeah. it goes by the wayside. And, and I think just being able to pick up a guitar and sit back and pick through some songs would just be very relaxing and enjoyable. So that's, cool. that's something that I, I look forward to doing in the future. Yeah, that's a good one. neat. Okay. Yeah, well, I'm a processor, and uh, Ben, I just saw this question <laughs> five minutes ago. I'm processing. Um, woodworking's always something that... Uh, been near and dear to my heart. I have no major tools, but I spent about five years in the craft business. So, um, with the saws and tools and and doing things with wood, so I'd, I would be intrigued to pursue that. But it would take uh, building a shop and making that happen. Um, maybe some um, simple gardening, uh, just for mm-hmm. fresh fruit and vegetables. Um, uh, maybe a raised garden type format, okay. yes. something that in my old age I could manage and yeah. not be overwhelmed by. Uh, but between those two, maybe uh, that's something that I would like to pursue to get more proficient in. So. Now, I, I looked at both of your faces. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. yes. I don't think any of us knew that you no, did no, woodworking. No, no, yeah, no, yeah. No, no, we need like, to hear we more all about kinda, that. Yeah. Yeah. Through high school uh, and college, uh, worked with Noonan 
uh, crafts, and we had a wood shop in Bay Minette, and we supplied three stores in Gatlinburg and Pigeon Forge with all their craft wood products. Okay. And so uh, very fun. Okay. Uh, good, good job after school to go out and be able to work with your hands and and uh, be creative in a lot of ways and, and um, supply and gross supply in a lot of ways, yeah. just uh, having to, to get things out and get them shipped. So That's cool. Uh, skill saws, uh, routers, yep. uh, table saws, mm-hmm. all, uh, even built picture frames. So uh, it's okay. all, all was fun stuff. Well, then you know how to cut things on a 45-degree angle then. I do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's cool. So that's cool. That's good. I spent a I spent a week working in a wood shop uh, during college, and we were uh, the the shop that I worked for was actually my old cross country coach who had uh, who owned it or was the general manager, and they had the contract with Cheesecake Factory. So all oh. the booths and supplies that are yeah. made out of wood for Cheesecake Factory came out of this little shop in uh, in Sanford, Florida. And so I got to be there for just a week, but while I was there, we cut out the uh, you know the oval sign that you see when you go into a Cheesecake Factory sure. restaurant. Yeah, you know, we got to cut that out. And, uh, I just operated the CNC and, you know, just guided it. Uh, the computer guided it while I clicked the right programs and stuff, so it was pretty easy. Sure. But yeah. anyway, cool. Yeah, just cool opportunities. Yeah, that are, yeah. The things we didn't know. Things you didn't know. <laughs> That's good. All right. Well, I appreciate you guys sharing. It's uh, it's good to learn things, and, and that, was, that was good. Uh, so, leaders, let me speak to you for just a moment uh, as we think about your role as a life group leader at Liberty. Uh, we have a position description. Every one of you guys should have received one of these some time ago. Uh, I just want to walk through them, walk through that position description very quickly, just as reminders as you, as a life group leader, some things that we ask you to do. Uh, five particular things we ask you to do is to come uh, prepared to guide a discussion toward truth and not lies, right? Uh, so on Sundays, whether that's on campus or off campus, that's we're asking you to do that, to guide a discussion toward truth and away from lies. Second, we're asking you to pursue the people that are on your ministry list, uh, those that are, that are actively present and those who are not so actively present. We ask you to pursue them. We also ask you to pursue visitors to your group. So just keep that in mind. Third, we urge, we ask you to urge your group uh, to grow in measure development. And when we think of measure development, what we mean is, are you urging your people to grow as a child who knows God, a, a student who lives changed, a, a friend who loves others, a helper who gives generously, a messenger who goes boldly, a guide who shows the way? I'm going to urge you to help encourage your group to grow in those marks, those roles of a disciple, because that's ultimately the business that we're in, is making disciples. Are we urging our people to grow in the marks of a measure? Also, to grow in, uh, in the strategy map involvement, right? Do you have people in your life group? I know you do. You have people in your life group that are serving, do you have life, people in your life group that are not serving somewhere uh, at Liberty? So we just encourage you, urge you to help your people engage in the strategy involvement. Next, we ask you to hold your group accountable to the live it out. That's the application of the passage that was preached, the application of the passage that was talked about in a small group uh, setting. Are you urging your people? Are you 
keep holding your people accountable. I, I refer to it as soft accountability. Uh, but are you urging our, your people to live out the truth of that passage as they walk through the through the week? And then finally, uh, fostering a community where fellowship and missions are celebrated. A community where you, you do things together outside the classroom, outside of the living room where you meet off campus, right? Are you, are you guys doing things off campus? Are you going out to eat together? Are you uh, having a game night and things like that, building that community? And then finally, are you, are you doing missions activities? Uh, are you engaging as a group to serve others? To, to, to minister to others as a group. So just some quick reminders of those five things that we ask you guys to do. And do, maybe as a life group leader, to do some personal self-evaluation. Maybe as you listen to those five things, you go, eh, we're doing really good here, really good here, mm, not so good there. And so as a personal evaluation, maybe uh, you as a leader can grow and, and um and strengthen some areas that maybe are currently weak. So just reminders of those things uh, as we get ready. Now, uh, we'll transition, and let's look at the passage. Uh, This week, we uh, continue in this new sermon series titled Generosity. Uh, We're Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34, and Kyle will be guiding us in that conversation now. Yeah, and uh, those are really good reminders. Uh, Certainly, as a life group leader, I hear those reminders, and I need those. Um, And so it's really good, particularly um, the Live It Out recap, uh, to come back around to that the next week and and really ask, hey, were you able to put these things into practice? Uh, It's something I've struggled to do uh, in our our group, um, and so that reminder is, is helpful. So uh, as we look at this particular passage, um, again, our series is generosity. And so this is really, uh, this particular passage follows on the heels of what Brian preached this past week. And uh, this is about generosity that is grounded in uh, just your trust in the Lord. And it makes sense that Jesus um, goes from uh, the idea of serving God and uh, not being able to serve God and money straight into the issue of worry. Because, uh, you know, when your heart is given to something that isn't consistent or reliable, you're going to worry. Uh, when you serve something that can be lost, uh, you're going to worry. Uh, and so Jesus knows how much of our slavery to money, uh, our serving it, as our master comes from fear. Um, Not all desire for money is driven by greed. Sometimes it's driven by fear. And that's what Jesus is going to next address in the Sermon on the Mount in verse 25 when he says, you know, I tell you, don't be anxious about your life, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, about your body, what you'll put on. Life is more than food and the body more than clothing. Um, And so when you're anxious, um, you really have fallen into a number of traps. And the first one he mentions right there in verse 25, it's that you've narrowed life to being all about these things, Uh, food and clothing, um, drink, those kinds of things that uh, Jesus has just said in the passage prior to this that these things won't last. Um, uh, So anxiousness distorts what life is about and and what the the good life is defined as. It it looks to these temporal things. You've been pursuing treasures on earth, 
the things of this earth rather than things that will last. And so that first trap is really that you've narrowed life to being all about these things. And Jesus is saying life is more than these things. Uh, The second trap is that you doubt God's care for you. And this is verse 26. Uh, He says, look at the birds. They, They don't sow, they don't reap or gather into barns, and yet God provides for them. Your heavenly Father provides for them, feeds them. Worry reveals that we don't really believe uh, that we're of more value than the birds. Um, We really don't trust God when he says, are you not of more value than than they? We go, no, we're not, uh, when we worry. Um, But the assumed answer there is, yes, of course you're of more value than the birds. Um, But we deny that when we worry. Uh, the third trap is in verse 27. Which of you, can, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? Um, you assume through your anxiousness that you can do that. You assume power and control that doesn't belong to you. Uh, you assume that you'll be the guarantor of your daily bread rather than having to pray for it and rely on God, which is why anxiousness naturally leads to prayerlessness. We don't pray when we're anxious because we think we're, it's all up to us. And so there's really no need to pray. And so the, uh, the anxiousness there is really assuming a control, an ability uh, that you do not have. And so those, those are the first three traps. There is a, a fourth one here, and that it's that you'll doubt God's generosity. Um, Verse 28 through thir- verses 28 through 30, um, consider the flowers of the field, the lilies of the field, how they grow. They don't toil or spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass that, of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? When he was talking about the birds, it was about simple provision. He feeds them. But here, it's about the abundant provision that Lord, the Lord will provide. Um, it outstrips everything that we could seek to provide for ourselves. Uh, remember back in our Philippians series, um, it ended with the promise, my God will provide for every one of your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Well, when we're anxious, we think God is close-fisted with us. We think he's hesitant to give uh, his best to us. And so uh, God can provide more for us when he wants to than we can when we want to. That's good. And this is a good area, Kyle, probably on page 15 of our curriculum and the sidebar, the measure moment is uh, highlighting the, the measure of a child of God. And and just a good reminder that uh, as we consider God as our creator, uh, he's not only uh, creator of the heavens and the earth and, and the birds of the air and the flowers of the field, but he is our creator as well as our sustainer. And just uh, pushing pause and letting it sink in uh, the questions that were asked by Jesus, are you not of more value and how much more. And so it's an opportunity uh, to lean in that measure of a child of God, recognizing uh, how much God really does love us. And as the crown of his creation, uh, that he values us even more than the birds of the air and the lilies of the field. 
And uh, we can trust our Heavenly Father who has already been generous with us through the gift of salvation to continue to meet our needs and be our generous Heavenly Father who is worthy to be trusted. So as a child of God, remember who you are and remember whose you are as we see the love of God fleshed out in this passage um, and, and remember that. It's just a confidence that comes from knowing, like knowing this is who God is. And as his child, I, I just I don't have to doubt, right? It, so I, I feel like we don't, you know, maybe ironically, we don't get to experience that, uh, you know, that certainty as much. Uh, because we don't find ourselves in need, especially not in need of food and clothing and the things that Jesus is talking about in this passage. Uh, I say it's ironic because we remain probably the most anxious people that has ever lived on the mm. on the planet, yeah. despite the fact that we have uh, these basic necessities in abundance. Um, there's a question that follows right after this discussion in uh, the Life Group curriculum that I think is really good and um and just kind of helps us maintain the focus of where we're going with this sermon and with the series uh, across the month of December. The question on page 15, why does worry need to be addressed when talking about generosity and material possessions? Like, what's the connection? What's the connection between anxiety and worry uh, and generosity? I anticipate that you and your group will have a really good conversation uh, around that, uh, that question uh, because we recognize that, um, man, when you're anxious, your body uh, tells you and your mind tells you to close the fist and, hey, hold on to what you have because it might not be enough to make it. Uh, you have to have that confidence and certainty that God is going to provide for you, even if you give radically, uh, you know, out of your poverty, like uh, Paul would talk about, or, or think of the widow and the, the two uh, pennies that she dropped. And it was all that she had to live on, but she was confident that her heavenly father would be able to provide for her. Uh, and that confidence replaces the worry and frees you to be open-handed and generous. That's good. It is. And, uh, uh, as kind of the passage uh, kind of turns the page and now it's like this, these are the reasons why, <clears throat> why you should not be anxious. Uh, now, uh, kind of in summary, don't, don't be anxious. He says it again, um, because when you're anxious, you're living like the world. Uh, he says, uh, for the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your Heavenly Father knows that you need them all. Um, when you worry, you are a child acting as though you're an orphan. Uh, you have a father. Well said. Uh, he knows what you need. Um, so believe him. Uh, and you believe him by seeking first the kingdom of his and his righteousness. Mm -hmm. That's another way of saying what he's said in the previous sections of uh, the Sermon on the Mount, uh, what you heard last week in the sermon, um, serving the right things treasuring the right things, being devoted to the right master. Seeking first uh, the kingdom of God and his righteousness is just another way of saying those things. This command comes with a promise as well, uh, that these things are going to be provided for you. If you will walk in obedience, if you will live out what Jesus has been saying in the Sermon on the Mount, the promise is your father is going to provide for you. Um, he, he's there with you. He knows what you need, and he will add them to your life. And then lastly, verse 34, um, this is a daily point of trust that we have to have. Um, 
I would even go, so say it's a moment by moment trust, really. Um, because he says, therefore, don't be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Um, this is something we have to keep coming back to every single day because worry is always future-minded. It's always focused on self. It's always future-minded. But faith is present-minded right. and, and God-focused. And so sometimes we have to stop, as one Matt Adams says, stop living in the world of what if and come back to the world of what is and um, live in faith today for the things that God's called us to today, believing that tomorrow he will give us the grace uh, that we need. He will give us everything that we need for whatever comes up tomorrow. Um, and so this whole passage, it's a very familiar one. Um, you've heard it preached. You've heard it. You've heard lessons on it time and time again over the years at, at Liberty. Um, it's just such a treasured uh, part of Scripture and it speaks to our need to trust God and walk in that faith so that we can continue to develop and grow as uh, helpers who live generously as well. It's good. Just the, the, I think as a, as a culture, as even uh, believers, we um, misinterpret a word, and that word is need. We we miss the what need is. We think need includes includes all of our wants, uh, and and I believe that is part of our our struggle. And if we can live in that, hey, God's God's provision is for our needs, and have a better understanding of what that word need means, uh, and then that the reality of our need to live in the present, to uh, to 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 and to keep God in the forefront of our mind. So, thank you so much for. Um, uh, the insight into the passage, and, and fellows, for your time as we look at this passage of Scripture and as we prepare uh, to lead conversations about this passage. Um, so let's, um, we want to look as we wrap up our lesson, uh, be reminded about our need to, here's the passage, so now what are we going to do about it? Uh, are we gonna, just going to sit in the corner and go, wow, that's a really neat story. I've heard that before. Amen. Or... Are we going to apply this to our life this week? It's great. Yeah, so two very um, strong, poignant leave it, uh, live it outs for this week. The first one says, take some time to confess your worries to the Lord and to ask for his help to not be anxious. Uh, so let me just encourage you, uh, life group leaders and other listeners, actually get out a piece of paper or a note on your phone or, you know, however you want to do it. It's good. Uh, and let's write them down, yes. uh, especially if you're a life group leader. Man, go into this conversation armed with yes. your worries well, so that it. you can that's set the pace. Yeah. Name it. Yeah, right, right. So I think that's a really good one. The second one is also good. And I, I just I love this. Take a moment outside this week to look at the creation around you and thank God for his mm -hmm. continual provision. So in other words, Get outside, yes. <laughs> look at the birds, look at the grass, take note of the fact that God is providing for each of those things. Uh, one of my friends from um, Divinity School, uh, from seminary, actually just wrote an article that was the cover story for the most recent edition of Christianity Today. 
uh, about the stars and how about you know the oh, vast cool. majority of the world's population now lives uh, where the stars are we can't really see them outside because of light pollution and you know whatever else uh, and it was just such a great and refreshing article to read to be encouraged to go find some place where you can get outside and see the stars that God created mm-hmm. how he orchestrated all of creation and remember the fact that man he banks promises on those things right said to Abraham your descendants are going to be more numerous than those stars that are in the sky so uh, get outside, look around, and let that alleviate the worries that you have about God and his provision. Good, good. I appreciate that challenge. That's, that's good. Uh, some things that we need to keep in front of our minds as we wrap up our time together are? Yeah, so the first one is that uh, Life Group leaders, the Christmas gift box uh, for Watwood Elementary is uh, due uh, this coming Sunday, December 10th. So if you have not already turned that in, uh, please Make sure to do that. There, there is a table in the event hall that you can drop off the box on uh, Sunday morning or sometime before then. And uh, it's just a great ministry to uh, an elementary school uh, in need. And um, so as Matt talked about earlier, uh, leading your group to be mission-minded and uh, outreach-focused, uh, this is a great opportunity for you to do that, and you're doing it well, and so thank you so much for being a part of uh, this ministry to these families. And then finally, we will have a life group leader meeting on Sunday, December the 10th at 8 a.m. in the chapel. We will start uh, firmly at 8 a.m., uh, so please be there. I'll have a cup of coffee for you if you so desire. Um, and so come be a part of that, and we'll wrap up in time for you to be early uh, to your life group or worship, uh, whichever that is. So um, mark that on your calendar. Look forward to seeing leaders and co-leaders at this meeting on December the 10th. Thank you so much for joining us for this time, uh, and we look forward to seeing you on Sunday.